Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Democratic Presidential Field, now completely white and being bought out by billionaires. We're basically two vaginas and a gay guy away from becoming Republicans. The Bernie Sanders Sexist Institute for Lying About Sexism. I never said a woman can't beat Trump. And my Bernie bros believe that's true, because to believe otherwise would be to believe the woman. And Tom Steyer, spending millions of dollars to force us to listen to what he has to say, only to have nothing to actually say. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are as small and soft as Bernie Sanders' penis is in the presence of a strong woman. Our top story this week... The House of Representatives finally turned over articles of impeachment to the Senate this week, concluding a weeks-long standoff in which House Speaker and Machiavelli in a power suit Nancy Pelosi withheld the articles of impeachment from Senate Majority Leader and evil tortoise Mitch McConnell in an effort to pressure Senator Terrible Tortoise into conducting a full and fair Senate trial. In order to put Speaker Pelosi's boring procedural maneuvering into the epic superhero-esque context it deserves, Barely Audible Whisper presents Super Speaker, the epic superhero as story of procedural power. What's that in the sky? It's a motion. It's a resolution pursuant to amending the original motion. It's Super Speaker! Impeachment lasts forever. As a celebration nearly erupted among House Democrats, Super Speaker silenced her caucus by revealing the secret power of her super-scolding, steely stare. The Articles of Impeachment pass. Meanwhile, on Fox News, Senate leader Terrible Tortoise poked his head out of his evil turtle shell in the sycophantic safe space of a Fox interview. <laughs> I don't have to be impartial, even though I have to take an oath to be impartial, because not being impartial and not allowing witnesses or evidence makes the trial go fast. Speeding past the Democrats' meticulous process of presenting evidence is how this tortoise is going to beat the hare. <laughs> but Senator Terrible Tortoise had not counted on the fact that the secret to Nancy Pelosi's scolding stare of silence is her even more super superpower, the legalistic superpower of super legalism. For Pelosi possesses the tremendous tedium to extrapolate leverage from the detailed minutia of procedural technicalities. Ah, ah, ah. Not so fast, sweet tortoise. This confusing, fast moving turtle metaphor stops now. <laughs> But you have to turn over the impeachment articles to me, and I can do whatever I want. And I want whatever Trump wants, because Trump took over the Republican Party at the speed of a speed freak hopped up on speed. <laughs> you failed to read the fine print. The articles of impeachment can only be given to you by me. Which means I don't have to give them to you until I decide to give them to you. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's on you. Why would I care if you're holding up delivering something I don't even want? 
Every day I withhold the articles, you and your Trump-supporting allies will be forced to explain why you don't want basic trial things like witnesses and evidence at your trial, so the joke is actually on you. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure the joke's on you, but I don't really know how jokes work. Me neither. But the joke really was on the terrible tortoise. Super Speaker's superhero-esque implementation of a minute procedural technicality triumphed. (laughs) (laughs) I hate jokes. The terrible tortoise's lame defenses of a trial, with none of the elements of a trial, gradually weakened. (laughs) Can't keep making bullshit excuses sound legitimate. Public sentiment was so clearly in favor of witnesses and evidence being presented at the Senate trial that even some Senate Republicans like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski boldly came forward to proclaim their kind of sort of reluctant support for the possibility of witnesses. I'm open to the possibility of considering, maybe, possibly favoring a motion to potentially discuss the concept of conceivably hearing from some limited number of a very few witnesses. Sadly, that counts as bold coming from any Republican, considering that most Republicans' support for Trump is as blindly sycophantic as South Carolina Senator and whinier Tennessee Williams character, Lindsey Graham. I am not an impartial juror because I love Trump. Trump is the greatest thing that ever happened to America and not a dangerous racist criminal narcissist like I used to say he was. And I will scream nonsensically at anyone who disagrees with me now like I used to because I have done some very bad things and Trump knows all about them. To be fair, we don't have any direct or even indirect evidence of Lindsey Graham ever having done any very bad things. What other explanation is there? I used to consistently criticize Trump, then I went golfing with Trump, and all of a sudden I passionately screamed my blind and completely nonsensical loyalty to every dumb thing Trump has said or done since. Again, to be perfectly clear, we have no information that Lindsey Graham has actually done anything bad. Bad things. Very bad things. Nevertheless, it appears significantly more likely now than it did before Pelosi withheld the articles of impeachment that the Senate will be cajoled into a significantly fairer trial than they otherwise would have been. Check and mate. Senator Terrible Tortoise never actually agreed to allow witnesses or evidence, and none of the half-assed Republican supporters of witnesses actually committed to voting for witnesses. I'm very concerned about things, but while I am concerned and will continue to use the word concern to convey my concern, I cannot commit to acting on my concern due to a concern that my not-concerned constituents will be concerned about my concern. But still, the politics of impeachment appear to have inched a bit closer to the need for a fair trial. Okay, so... Checkmate was an overstatement, but I at least captured one of your bishops because you took your queen out too early. So, that's something. Chess metaphors are hard. <laughs> King me.
Following a speech in which Russian President and Trump's sex fantasy Vladimir Putin announced plans to fundamentally change the power structure of the Russian government, Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev announced that his entire government is resigning to, quote, give Putin room to carry out the changes. So, that's probably not good. Entire government is resigning, so Putin has space to do whatever he wants. A system of checks and balances. I offer no checks on Putin's power. Putin writes me checks. I check account balance. For a deeper look at Putin's power grab, Barely Audible Whisper turns to stereotypically bleak Russian author of Bleakness in the Land of Even More Bleakness, Ivana Not Be Alive. Thank you. I am slightly less miserable than my regular amount of miserable to be here. Under current Russian law, Vladimir Putin will be term-limited out of power in 2024. But Putin's insatiable appetite for power is more limitless than the infinite abyss of despair that is life. Therefore, Putin is restructuring government power away from the presidency to the parliament and the state council. After he leaves the presidency, he will make himself head of one of these newly powerful entities and continue his ruthless reign. (coughs) I feel sick to my stomach. Not my usual metaphorically sick to my stomach because of the cruelty of life, but like a sick to my stomach type sick to my stomach. My skin has turned green like a poison Russian dissident, not of metaphorical of metaphorical poison, but actual green of an actually poison Russian dissident. <laughs> I feel like death, not a metaphorical death. Of- Just die already! I died two metaphors ago. But my body continued producing bleak metaphors just to spite you. (laughs) Goodbye. Hello, all three listeners of American Parody Podcast. I regret to inform you that I wanna not be alive has just died of not being poisoned. But as an ordinary Russian citizen and not a GRU assassin sent to poison I wanna not be alive, I have report about how happy it is for Russia that our entire government resigned, just like Putin said. As president of Russia, I have an absolute grip on power, but I have come to realize that the power I have is entirely too much for anyone to have that is not me. Therefore. I have decided to take power away from my position effective when I no longer hold my position and move that power into a different position that I shall hold effective as soon as I vacate my currently powerful but soon to be powerless position. I know what you're thinking. With a completely reasonable democratic and not at all corrupt restructuring of government. I sure hope the rest of the government doesn't interfere with that plan by existing. Of course we won't. President Putin is right when he says the president has too much power. In fact, the president has so much power, the rest of us are powerless to stop the president 
from taking power away from the president and giving what was the president's power to what will be Putin's position. Like I said before, checks and balances. Gee, I knew what you're thinking. Yet completely reasonable, democratic and not at all corrupt plan sounds great. But wouldn't it be easier for Putin to simply abolish the current term limits? It would seem that way, and nobody really understands why he doesn't just choose the simpler power grab. Some theorize that he needs the drama of government restructuring to distract from economic hardships caused by war. <coughs> <coughs> I regret to inform you that the ordinary Russian citizen who was not a GRU assassin sent to poison Ivana Notpialev died of not being poisoned. But since I recently resigned from my job as Prime Minister, I have nothing better to do than finish this segment for him. We chose not to abolish term limits because unilaterally abolishing term limits on your own presidency is exactly the kind of abuse of power of the presidency that makes the presidency too powerful. Which is why I am taking the power of the presidency away from the presidency and moving it into my house for safekeeping. I know what you're thinking. Wow, that is not all crazy. And I agree because I don't want to die of not being poisoned. But as not all crazy as this not all crazy plan is, according to Vox, Putin was considering an even not all crazier plan. I, I was considering creating a brand new country and appointing myself president of brand new country. Totally not all crazy. In 1999, Russia and Belarus signed a pact that vaguely outlined closer integration between our countries. Last year, on 20th anniversary of PAC, I sat down with the Belarusian president to try and use the vague pretext of the pact to absorb Belarus into Russia. If it had worked out, I would have declared myself president of the previously non-existent country of Russian Belarus. Unfortunately, that not-all-crazy plan didn't pan out. You know what they say, sometimes you win, sometimes Belarus. It's a terrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> On the eve of the House of Representatives finally releasing impeachment articles against President Trump to the Senate, the House Intelligence Committee released a treasure trove of newly obtained documents from indicted Rudy Giuliani associate and human embodiment of a Ukrainian mob stereotype, despite the fact that there is no stereotype for the Ukrainian mob, Lev Parnes, that can best be described as... Holy shit! According to WhatsApp messages exchanged between Lev and some Republican donor-type guy named Robert Hyde, Mr. Hyde appears to have been surveilling and reporting on America's then-ambassador to Ukraine, Mary Yovanovitch. Holy shit. One of Hyde's messages references the idea that in Ukraine you can get anything done for a price, and another one mentions, quote, taking her out, which potentially sound like ominous threats of assassination. Holy shit! Lending credence to the assassination attempt theories are the fact that Ivanovich was ordered without warning to flee Ukraine on the, quote, next available flight, 
And the line in the now infamous call transcript where President Trump says about Yovanovitch, quote, she's going to go through some things. Holy shit. We better figure out who the hell Robert Hyde is because I've never heard of him before, but holy, holy shit. shit. Who is Robert Hyde? According to most sources, he's a mentally disturbed, Trump-supporting, misogynist, alcoholic with paranoid delusions, and a reactionary conservative agenda. That and bullshit in the Secret Service are trying to kill me because bitches don't have penises. Which, in normal times, would mean we could write him off as a lunatic. But in these times, might actually explain his connection to a Ukrainian mobster connected to Rudy Giuliani. I posted a picture of myself with President Donald Trump on my campaign website. And I look almost as much Trump as he looks awesome. Hyde got about 30 seconds worth of his 15 minutes of fame when all of the other four Republicans running against him in a congressional primary called on him to drop out of the race following a sexist tweet aimed at disparaging Senator Kamala Harris the day she dropped out of the presidential race. Went down, brought to her knees. Must be a hard one to swallow. Hashtag Kamala Harris. Hashtag heels up. And send. If you hate him, you're not alone. According to his hometown paper, he was issued a restraining order by the Church of Christ after attending several Sunday services and filming campaign videos on the premises without permission. All are welcome to share in Christ's blessing, except for that guy. That guy's creeping everybody out. Mr. Hyde was also forcibly removed by police from the Trump-owned Doral Resort in Miami, when he told a police officer that the Secret Service was trying to kill him. Excuse me! Excuse me, officer! I think that there's a Secret Service here. Yeah, this hotel is owned by the president, so... No, 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 you don't understand. The Secret Service is trying to kill me because of the Church of the uh, Christ and the Kamala Harris blowjobs and the... What happened? Went down, brought to his knees. He blew it. Must be a hard one to swallow. <laughs> Hashtag heels up. So how does a delusional alcoholic so loathsome a church filed a restraining order against him ended up exchanging threatening WhatsApp messages aimed at an American ambassador with a Rudy Giuliani-connected Ukrainian mobster currently indicted for felony campaign finance violations? According to Lev Parnas, Hyde was just some drunk guy who hobnobbed at Trump Hotel in Washington. Hey, hey you look like the embodiment of a Ukrainian mob stereotype. I'm kidding, there are no Ukrainian mob stereotypes. Come on, let me buy you a drink. According to Lev Parnas, Hyde was just some drunk who orbited on the periphery of Republican power circles. I never took his threatening texts about Ambassador Yovanovitch seriously. But then again, that's according to Lev Parnas, a Ukrainian mobster who has all of the credibility of a Ukrainian mobster. A Ukrainian mobster who has been cooperating with authorities, volunteered to testify in impeachment hearings, and has provided evidence to corroborate my testimony. 
A Ukrainian mobster whose corroborating evidence includes the threatening WhatsApp exchange with Hyde, which, if true, implicates you in a plot against an American ambassador. Uh, you got me there. So who is Robert Hyde? A tragic, misogynist alcoholic with mental health problems? Obviously, but so is Rudy Giuliani. Hey, wait a minute! So I guess the real question is, what kind of tragic, misogynist alcoholic with mental health problems is Robert Hyde? Did somebody say alcohol? The kind that can simply be dismissed as a tragic, misogynist alcoholic with mental health problems who faked involvement in a surveillance plot to make himself seem important. I seem important! Or is a tragic, misogynist alcoholic with mental health problems who worked as part of Trump's team of tragic, misogynist alcoholics with mental health problems? Sadly, both possibilities are equally possible, and Hyde's tweeted response didn't make that question any clearer. How low can little Adam Bullshift go? I was never in Kiev. For them to take some text my buddies and I wrote to some dweebs we were playing with that we met a few times, well... Well, a few drinks is definitely laughable. Schiff is a desperate turd playing with this Lev guy. Holy shit. I'm not an alcoholic. Of course I'm an alcoholic. The first Democratic debate of the actual election year was this Tuesday, and the pool of candidates was finally reduced to a small enough number that each candidate got more than three minutes to speak. The field consisted of the five candidates you'd expect, and somehow also Tom Steyer. The substance of the debate, which was mostly actually really good from all parties, was overshadowed by some manufactured drama between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Warren claims that Sanders told her in 2018 that he didn't think a woman could win, or something to that effect. It's very hard to find a quote of what Warren claims Sanders said. Sanders claims he said nothing of the sort. Actually, he claims it's ludicrous to think he would say that. He didn't actually say he didn't say that. But why is this what we're talking about? CNN, who hosted the debate, is pushing hard on the narrative that there's trouble in paradise between the progressives, releasing stories with clickbait headlines like The Sanders-Warren feud just got way uglier. Because CNN cares more about ad revenue than good journalism. As a comedy podcast, we care more about good journalism than our non-existent ad revenue. However, as a comedy podcast, we also care more about jokes than good journalism. So, in order to write jokes about the mostly actually really good from all parties debate... We are ignoring the good and focusing on their faults. In the same spirit, we're eliminating the two good moderators, so here's Wolf Blitzer. I'm Wolf Blitzer, and my bosses at CNN want me to drum up some drama. I encourage you to slander each other. Senator Klobuchar, your opening statement. Thank you, Wolf. I'm the only candidate who has been in position to do certain things, and therefore I am the only candidate who has done those things. I am going to state those things in a desperate attempt to stand out. Joe Biden. Wolf, I intend to start this debate strong. Over the night, I'll misspeak a bit and my energy will deteriorate like a two-year-old iPhone battery. Thanks, Joe. We're all pulling for you. Tom Steyer. By the time I'm done today, you have three questions. One, why don't you like me? And is it just because I'm a billionaire? Two, wait. If I really want all the things I say, why didn't I just throw my money behind a progressive candidate? Three, why am I staring directly at you? Pete Buttigieg. Hi, 
I'm Pete. I bring a different perspective. And by that I mean I'm young. But I wouldn't say that. I have a prepared answer for the inevitable question about my lack of support among black voters. And I really hope it goes over well. Elizabeth Warren. I'm watching you, Wolf, and the questions you ask. And I'm taking careful notes on all the things we don't talk about when you insist on talking about what I said Bernie said two years ago. Bernie Sanders, we're all tired of a president who constantly lies to get what he wants. I promise you, as your president, I will merely exaggerate and aggressively round numbers in order to get what I want. This first question is for Senator Sanders. What is your plan for something other than climate change? Uh, I will not answer any questions that do not involve climate change. Climate change is at the heart of every question. I am the only person on this stage who is from a state that borders the state of Iowa, which is where we are. On to healthcare. Senator Warren, critics of your Medicare for All plan wonder how you're going to pay for it without bankrupting America. It's impossible to explain in 75 seconds, but trust me, I've done the math. At my website, you can find a 10,000 word essay on- And your time's up, Vice President Biden. That sounds good, but how are you going to pay for it without bankrupting America? I just answered that. I am the only female candidate who doesn't support Medicare for all. After all, how are you going to pay for it without bankrupting America? Senator Sanders. We spend way too much on health care. We're spending twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other country. That would be true if not for several countries. Pete Buttigieg. If some Americans don't like how much they're being gouged by their health care plan, and therefore they like their health care plan, my plan will allow them to keep their plan. My plan is Obamacare with the Biden option. Did I mention I was Obama's vice president? I'm being told that our Twitter mentions are flagging and therefore I need to ask questions that will create some drama. Biden, I'd like to give you the opportunity to show some humanity. Didn't Kim Jong-un once say nasty things about you? He called me a rabid dog who must be beaten to death with a stick. So sympathetic. Would you engage in discussions with Kim as Trump has done? No. I would count on China to take care of relations with, uh, Korea. North Korea? Sure. Sorry, I'm fading hard at this point. Pete Buttigieg, why do you think you don't have support among black voters? Here we go, Pete. Don't screw this up. I have black friends. No, I have some black supporters. Yes. In fact, the black people who support me the most are the ones that know me the best. Sure, I may have the cause and effect reversed, but that's the best answer I've got. I am the only candidate on this stage who has mentioned that we're in Iowa, which is where we are. Amy Klobuchar, you're not a likable person. Do you have any friends? I am the only person on this stage who knows this amazing woman. I'm proud to know her, and her name is... Um, uh, um, uh, is... Um, uh, Tom Steyer, are you still here? 
Uh, technically, yes. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. Senator Sanders. Senator Warren says that in 2008... It's ridiculous to think that I would say that a woman couldn't be president. I'm carefully avoiding saying that she's lying, and I'm not saying I didn't say those words. Bernie is my friend, and I'm not going to talk about him. To anyone who does think a woman can't be president, only the women on this stage are undefeated. And to steal a page from Senator Klobuchar, I'm the only one on this stage who has beaten a Republican incumbent in the past 30 years. Uh, I did that 30 years ago. In 1990. Which was 30 years ago. I was seven then. I'm not saying that I'm young and they're old, but... Pete, grown-ups are talking. We'll take a break here. I have a list of everything we have not talked about yet. After the debate, analysts were impressed with how both Sanders and Warren handled their supposed feud. Well, that was well done. They maintained their friendship, showed a unified... Did you see that? She didn't shake his hand. He walked away. Stop everything. The feud is on. The feud is on. Lone Wolf Blitzer, we're in the situation room where the feud has been back on. <laughs> House Clerk Cheryl L. Johnson, flanked by the House Sergeant-at-Arms and seven House impeachment managers, carried the two official articles of impeachment against President Trump through the main corridor of the Capitol from the House of Representatives to officially deliver them to Senate President Pro Tempore Chuck Grassley in a solemn procession, similar in reverence and ritual to religious processions associated with the beginning of a church service. Indeed, the only discernible difference between the impeachment procession and a church procession is that rather than reverently carrying a Bible, the writings the impeachment procession was carrying are based on evidence. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of the sacred government ritual. We impeach the president. We present the documents. We impeach the president. Enclosed is the evidence. Abuse of power bribery. Subverted foreign policy. Congressional obstruction. Blocked access to everyone. We impeach the president. It's forever and amen. We charge. President Donald J. Trump. Impeachment be his name. In the name of the Constitution, the evidentiary hearings, and the party line vote. Amen. With two articles of impeachment. Impeachment be with you and also with Trump. By the power vested in me, by the Constitution, I now pronounce Trump impeached. Unfortunately, the Senate's actual official receiving of the Articles of Impeachment was not actually scheduled until noon the next day. So, after all that pomp and circumstance, the Senate clerk simply took the Articles of Impeachment and held them until the next day. As the Chief Senate Clerk, I have consulted with the sacred spreadsheets containing the sacred schedule, and in accordance with the sacrosanct screeds of the scheduling secretary, 
You're not supposed to be here until tomorrow at noon! Aww. We impeach the president. Tomorrow we'll come back again. We impeach the president. Came before we should have went. You don't have to leave with the articles. I'll just hold on to them to tomorrow. Oh, they're gone. We impeach the president. Anticlimactic event. Amen. Amen. According to the new book, A Very Stable Genius, authored by Washington Post reporters Philip Rucker and Carol Leonig, Early in his administration, President Trump tried to strike down the 1977 Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, a law that prohibits American companies from bribing foreign governments. The book alleges that President Trump complained to then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson that, and this is a direct quote, It's just so unfair that American companies aren't allowed to pay bribes to get business overseas. I need you to get rid of that law. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman because we hear he hates that. For a deeper look at this story, co-author of the new book, A Very Stable Genius, Carol Leonig, filed the following report. Hello, I'm Carol Leonig, and as far as you know, this is exactly what I sound like. Mere months into his administration, President Trump told then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to, quote, get rid of the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act. I hate the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act. Nobody is most better at corrupt foreign practices than Trump. I hereby declare that Rex Tillerson is to hereby declare that the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act, which is totally unfair to corrupt foreign practices, is hereby declared no longer hereby declared. That's not how the law works, Mr. President. But how are Americans supposed to make money if they can't bribe foreign governments? Everybody knows the only way to make money is bribing foreign governments, Russian money laundering, and inheriting hundreds of millions of dollars from daddy. Mr. President, you can't simply get rid of a law that was passed by Congress 40 years ago. Fake news, brontosaurus. T-Rex is the dinosaur pun that works with my name. I'm the president, and you're not. I can pass all of the anti-anti-corruption laws I want. Unable to get Rex Tillerson to go along with his plan, President Trump enlisted the help of top advisor and racist Muppet, Stephen Miller. I want to re-corrupt the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act, but Secretary of State Triceratops... Uh, T-Rex is the dinosaur pun that works. ...won't do it. I can't believe my administration is too corrupt for the CEO of ExxonMobil. That was a shock to me as well. Stephen Miller had mixed feelings about that. I have mixed feelings about that. I hate foreigners, so on the one hand, I like the idea of corrupting foreign countries, but on the other hand, I hate foreigners. So, I hate the idea of giving them money. Miller's mixed feelings were actually about the dubious legality of overturning a law passed by Congress with an executive order but inventing a racist quandary was funnier. Anyway, Miller decided to take his concerns directly to Rex Tillerson. I don't know what to do. The president wants me to overturn a law, 
but I don't know if I can overturn the law. But even if I could overturn the law, I don't know if I'm comfortable with the law that gives foreigners money. As the most ethical member of the administration, I'm telling you, you can't do it. It's illegal and unethical. I can't believe this administration is too corrupt for the CEO of ExxonMobil. And <laughs> that was a shock to me as well. President Trump remained an ardent critic of the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act. It's not fair! Corrupt foreign practices are my favorite practices! Trump is the best corrupt foreign practicer! Trump corrupt foreign practices so good that I don't even have to practice corrupt foreign practicing! <laughs> that is until he corruptly accused Joe Biden of violating the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act. Can you believe Sleepy Joe Biden violated the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act when he corrupt foreign practice on behalf of his son? Nobody is a worse corrupt foreign practicer than Sleepy Joe. The hypocrisy would be staggering if we hadn't become so frighteningly used to it. Sleepy Joe Biden is so sleepy because he corrupt foreign practices so much that it makes him tired. It really should have been more alarming when the CEO of ExxonMobil left the administration because it became too corrupt. Fake news, Barney the Purple Dinosaur. It's, it's T-Rex. I love Trump. You, you love, love Trump. Trump. Trump is, is the best at bribery with a quid pro quo and some dirt on Biden too. Corrupt practices are what Trump's doing. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host and actress Molly Brown. Writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown. Actors Corey Burns and Michael Morgan. Please follow us on your social media and subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. Because CNN, <clears throat> oh shoe balls, shoe balls. <laughs> Ooh, I got a little tickle in my nose. Yeah, but what the fuck is a shoe I ball? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs>